Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Thanks, thanks, Alex, for... Again, you did this last time. You, you talked right when I when I launched this live. So here we are, folks. We're doing a live stream version of the episode. This is going to be this week's podcast. We originally we were going to talk a little rumor mill, and then we decided. Ryan's like, let's let's get some mailbag questions. We'll answer a couple of them, and we got thirty of them. I think was the number that it, it's currently at right now. Uh, if you did happen to comment, we don't get to your question. Apologies for that. We're going to get to a good chunk of questions that weren't too redundant because there were some repeat questions, but we've got to think like a good chunk of eight that we're going to be answering on this live stream. Um, before we get to that though, folks, I just want to tell you about Bet Online, which is the official sponsor of our show. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. It's the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your fir- first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your Vegas favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so the read gives some people to file in and tune into this live stream. Guys, the first question that we have... And I think that this one is probably going to be the most talked about during the draft cycle. Um, Colin, we're not taking any more questions. Thank you for commenting on the <laughs> YouTube. Um, this question is going to be asked a lot during the process. And Sam Kusuman, uh, Kusumano, I think, was the, the name of the person who asked it. And we got a couple of variations of this question. How many quarterbacks are going to be drafted in the first round? So, Ryan, let's head to you first. I feel like the number right now is... Like three to four seems like the number that's floated out there. And it all depends on the same how declare is he part of the class and does anybody get drafted in the later half of the first round? Yeah, I, I, I mean, so obviously Rap, Rappaport came out and said that, you know, talking to some NFL executives and scouts, the number was that was thrown out was three to four. And everyone kind of lost their minds, which is a little weird to me. I, I, I mean, I've been pretty much on – Par, I think I've been asked a couple of times. I mean, I thought I, I think three is the number, to be honest with you. I, I think that there's I mean, I'm just kind of looking through the list right now. And I'm Matt Corral is going first round. I just posted before we got on here and said that, like, he terrifies me because I just watched his Arkansas <laughs> game. And he absolutely does, man. But he's going first round. I, I'm, I'm 100 percent positive that he's going. He's probably going top 10. After that, then we're talking about guys like Malik Willis, potentially Kenny Pickett. Carson Strong maybe is a guy that, that gets into there, but uh, Sam Howell might be a guy. So I think there's probably five guys that are potential first-round selections, good or not, and positive or not. But I do think that ultimately three to four is a safe number, and I, I agree with what Rappaport kind of put out there. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. I think you know Matt Corral is obviously the, the focal point of this, this year's quarterback class. We've seen a lot of varying opinions on those of – Malik Willis, Carson Strong has some that are higher and some that are lower, um, of course. But I, I think Matt Corral, Sam Howell, I think is going to be a strong case, is going to make a strong case for himself to be in that first-round consideration. I personally think right now we're going to sit at three because I think Carson Strong and 
and the tools of Malik Willis are going to garner at least looks in the first round, though I don't think the level of play is someone you're comfortable with starting right away. I'm going to say three. That's where my number is at right now. Okay, well, can, can I go through, and Alex, can we go through some of the quarterbacks real quick? And Joe, you can part go of this too. Play game. Okay. Let's do a yes, no, or maybe. Okay, yes, okay. no, maybe. Okay. Let's just determine this real quick. Ready? All right, Carson Strong. Maybe. Yes. Maybe. Okay, knee. maybe. All right, the knee, the knee, the knee is the outlier. It, it's a question mark right now. Matt Corral. Yes. Yes. Sam Howell. If he declares, I feel I, like yes. I say yes. He is declaring. He's he's walking on senior day, so that, that's an okay. easy conclusion. Um, okay. Malik Willis. I think that's a maybe. I feel like that's a yes, just off of uh, physical traits. I think his I think his level of play down the stretch being gotten worse throughout the season is going to hurt a little bit. But the tools, he's going to test amazing. Well, he's going to well, work out amazing. The, the thing is with me with with this class, and, and like I'm not as d- dove in deep as as you guys are. I, I feel like there's nobody that's. It, it's all just based off of traits. So it's just like which traits do you like the most out of the group? There's no there's nobody that's really like a developed prospect. It's worse than it usually is. Right, right. And I agree with you on that sense. Uh, I'm actually out on the Malik Wills first round wow. conversation. I'm out. I'm, I'm fully out. I don't think that he's going first round. I really don't. I think this is a hot take. Maybe uh, somebody send it out in the Twitterverse or YouTube land if you think this is a hot take. I think Desmond Ritter goes before Malik Willis. Holy now. crap. What? I'm not saying I would do it. I'm just right. telling you what oh. I think is going to happen. I think that that happens. I pray to God that doesn't happen. <laughs> well, let, let's go there, though. Let's go there. Desmond Ritter. No, I don't think he's a first rounder. He's so bland, and I'm I'm tired of people trying to act like that. I think it's I think it's Kellen Mond situation. We've seen what he is. He's an inconsistent, toolsy quarterback for four years, three four years. I think this is someone that goes in the second third round. Okay, that's fair. And last one that I will throw out there is Kenny Pickett. No, uh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna say yes. I I think it's it. Yes, it's gonna be stupid. It's gonna, he's gonna squeak into the end of the first <laughs> round, and I bet that he doesn't even do anything with his NFL career. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I, I yes. he has the the you know like the Davis Mills David uh, Davis was Davis Webb or David Webb the Texas Tech Davis quarterback Webb. Davis uh, Webb. Yeah, he's such a nobody. I don't even remember. He, he's gonna have that 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 whole bit where it just starts to like every his name's just gonna keep. Picking up more and more steam in the cycle. Yeah, this is something they weren't they from. weren't first rounders, but I feel like if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be him. But he's not going to be good in the NFL. He's not going to do anything. Fair, fair, Joe. Okay. Fair. That, that that was my list. That, that's the All list. Right. So speaking of quarterbacks, the next question we had was from uh, Coach O's fishing hole. Don't know what that's a <laughs> reference to. He wanted to know who should the Dolphins draft at quarterback. And the the interesting thing is the comments that you guys gave was that the answer should be just no one. Man, listen, if you're not sold on Tua, that's fine. I get it. I understand. There's been some up and down moments. I mean, even today, he's like 27 out of 32, which is fantastic. He throws a bad interception. Like, I get it. There's some bad with some good. Like, I understand. Mm-hmm. I, I completely understand that. So I just wanted to put that out before I say – What is drafting another quarterback and resetting doing when you have such a massive need at offensive line? You're going to throw someone into another bad situation. How about this? If you're not sold on Tua, let's ride it out for a little bit. Let's get some assets around him, namely up front at offensive tackle, because right now Jesse Davis ain't it. Liam Eikenberg right now is not it. Austin Jackson, you had to move into guard because he's also not it. 
Let us figure out up front. You're starting to get some wide receivers. Jalen Waddle looks like a home run pick. A home run pick. You need a running back. You need offensive lineman. Let's build this in case Tua is not the guy. But for now, I think Tua can still be the guy. And I think that drafting a quarterback hastily right now and throwing a guy into another in, uh, into this same bad situation isn't wise, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, what are we two years two years removed from tank for Tua? Like this was a thing. Right. I you know this is just another situation where I feel like the NFL or or those the fans of the NFL or those involved with the NFL are just a little too quick to give up mm-hmm. on a, on a young quarterback. And look, Tua dealt with some injuries. It kind of you know hurt going into his rookie season, coming off the COVID year where things were a little bit different. Didn't have that full off season. He struggled as a rookie, and here we are in his second year. You've gotten an up-and-down play. We had a pretty good game, like you said, outside of that one ugly interception. Had a good game, some impressive throws down the football field. I think I think for me, if if he's not your long-term quarterback, give him one more year, build around him, like you said, You know, invest in this offense a little bit more, and and let him prove it. And then, look, we have a be- if, if he's not it, that's fine. 2023, the quarterback class, quarterback situation, as far as looking to draft one is a better situation anyways. Give him one more year. If, if you still aren't sold on him then, then you can look in 2023. I would just like to say, Joe, uh, yes. Colin, as I have often said, is a man of culture, and he has spoken. You don't, you don't know Colin the way that I know Colin. I have known Colin for way too long, and he is the only <laughs> person watching this live. I, I don't even – we'll talk off air. Colin, Colin knows how I know him, uh, literally just from listening to our podcast, but – to Sean and I's podcast, but uh, let's get to the next question now. I completely derailed what I was gonna, the comment I was gonna make. Colin, every freaking time, Colin, you derail everything. But this is why we don't go live. Uh, BV Hawkeyes wants to know who the first offensive lineman that will be drafted. He threw out Evan Neal as the potential option. Uh, does that sound like Evan Neal is probably going to be the first guy drafted? I, I think so. Um, I know. So a lot of people are now talking about. Ike Mekwanu, Ike Aquanu from North Carolina State. I know some people that have a very high opinion. I think Brandon Thorne over at Bleacher Report has him as his number one offensive lineman and number three overall player in this class. I am wow. not nearly there on Ike Mekwanu. I, I, am, I am there now with him in the mid to late first round conversation, early second round, somewhere in that you know 20 to – 35 bucket 20 to 40 bucket like that is a good evaluation for me I, I don't think he's a tackle and that's really my my skepticism like for me his temperament and his body type and his play style is a, is a guard inside and there's nothing wrong with that but at the end of the day you're going to draft Evan Neal because one he has that body 6'8 360 athleticism three-year starter Alabama has played three different positions on the offensive line versatility pedigree He's got all the skill set in the world to be a starting offensive tackle at the next level and to be a potentially dominant one. So I think Evan Neal's a safe guy. I, I'm still on the Sean Ryan bandwagon. I am. I, I, it still hasn't picked up for whatever reason. I think the kid's phenomenal. I think the kid should go top 10, top 15. But right now I would say, based upon everything that I've heard and just kind of the, you know, just when you look at it, man, when you put everything together, I think Evan Neal's a safe bet to be the first offensive lineman off the board. Yeah, I think I think we're still at a point. This is kind of how we came in preseason that it looked like Evan Neal was the runaway guy as the number one offensive lineman in this year's class. I don't think there's anything that he's done that's changed my changed mine, or I don't think anything that's going to change the NFL's opinion on that. I think he's going to be a top five pick in this year's class, top five six pick. It's really going to come down to who's that second guy, in my opinion. That's you bring up Akeem. You bring up Charles Cross, who's 
who's only gotten better this year. And, uh, you know, especially uh, as, as a pass protector, Darian Kennard is someone that's, you know, some people really like in the first round. I'm a big fan of think he has a perfect build for the NFL. And I think he could, he could propel. I talked about this yesterday um, on another show I was on Darian Kennard, someone that I could see, finding success both outside and inside. I'd, I'd be willing to let him work outside a little bit. I know, Ryan, you, you give me the face. I, I, he, he probably suits better inside, but I think this is someone I feel comfortable uh, allowing to play outside and prove to me that you need to be moved inside before doing so. I think it's one of those situations. I, I, I get that. I, I just think that every time I see him against more flexible outside track rushers, like I think he just struggles a little bit. I just think he's a guard. And, and I think he's a dominant one. I, right. I, I, I compared him to Kelechi Osemele, who was a very good offensive tackle for Iowa State when he made the transition. And obviously he eventually moved into guard for the Ravens and the, and the Raiders. And he was a very good football player. I think the one interest, the one that you just said, though, Alex, that could crash the party. I said Evan Neal, I think, is the first guy. Charles Cross is the guy that might unseat him, honestly. And he it's because he has that true profile to being a blindside protector. I was so hesitant on Charles Cross. I watched now two games of 2021 so far. I'm not hesitant anymore. The kid has filled out. His play strength has improved, and he is a gifted athlete. So um, that I'm there on that one. And, Joe, I don't know if we want to bang that one out real quick, the TRC man one. I can bang that out, though, real quick if you want. I'm sorry, the, the Tanner Connor one? Tanner Connor, yep. Yeah, go for it. You want to go ahead and answer that? So the, we're getting a comment on the YouTube. Thoughts on Tanner Connor? Yes, yeah. So T- Tanner Connor is a wide receiver for Idaho State. We actually had him on the Believe in NFL uh, prospects podcast. He was actually more of a track athlete in high school. He played in a triple option offense as a flanker. So not really a, a much um, production as a wide receiver. So he actually, you know, basically went to Idaho state coaching staff and was like, can I please play? Like, I'm going to pl- run track here. Can you also take me for football? And I don't think he had a scholarship from the football. I think maybe he had like a partial, whatever mm-hmm. it was. He ends up going there, and now he is turned into an NFL prospect. I think that he can get drafted late because he is 6'3", 225 pounds. He's a 10'5", 100-meter guy for the Idaho State track team and also a 14-second, um, 110 high hurdler as well. So this kid is an athlete. He's got that big physical frame. He can be a special teams ace, I think, early on in his career. And he's got some developmental ability as a size-speed combination at outside receiver. So Tanner Conner, I think, has a chance to sneak into the late rounds because of the physical upside and the talent that he does have and the, and the projection to special teams. Alex, I'm assuming you have nothing to, to add in. No, I, I like that look. When, when <laughs> it coming from a smaller school like that, you gotta have, you gotta have physical traits and you touched on it, Ryan, the, the size, this, this, the, uh, from a, it's six foot three, two twenty five, has the speed. Like you talked, you touched on there. Um, you know, those are the things that are going to get you looks It's someone, uh, that maybe has some some potential as a, a special teams guy early on as a depth piece to, to kind of invest in and get NFL coaching. Hey, I control the questions here. Hey, Colin, Colin, pipe down over there. <laughs> Sorry, Alex, didn't mean to cut you off. I would like to get to our next question, talking more of the, the broad sweeping stuff. David E.J. Berger asked us, uh, will we see a running back drafted before round three? Now, if this was asking anybody in the first round, I feel like the answer would be no. But round three, I feel like there's going to be some players somewhere in uh, in round two. 
I will bet my house that there is a running back drafted before round three, sir. Wow. Um, yeah. Bet my house. Okay. I, it's I'll bet against one, you. Give me your house if you're wrong. Uh, man, that, that's an easy <laughs> one. That's an easy one. I think there's going to be a running back drafted in the first round. I have been on. I have been on the record. I don't have an inside source here, but I will. I think Kyron Williams from Notre Dame is going to go round one. Just putting it out there. Just putting it out in the universe. Wow. I think that the skill set is. RB1, maybe. Eerily reminiscent of Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Now, did Kansas City maybe get that one wrong? Possibly, but I think Kyron Williams has a higher upside and he's a similar type of football player to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So I think he has a chance. Brees Hall is a slam dunk top 50 player. All right. Just listen to me when I'm telling you. Slam dunk. Isaiah Spiller has a chance to go in the second round. I think Kenneth Walker Jr. from Michigan State has a chance to go in the second round, maybe into the third, but possibility of the second round. So, yes, all that to say, there will absolutely be a couple running backs drafted before round three. Absolutely. Okay, I got a question for you. Okay. Because I'm kind of with you. Let's play a game. Over, under, four four and a half running backs drafted in the top two rounds. All right, so top 64 at running back. Um, Four and a half, you said? Yep. That's, that's basically assuming Kyron Williams, Brees Hall, and then Spiller, probably Spiller, Walker, and then one more. Do you get one more in the top 64? No, I say it's Hall, Spiller, Williams, Walker. I, yeah. I, I'm not forced to. Charbonnet. Charbonnet is a late day two guy for me because I don't think he gives you anything in the passing game, and I don't I don't think he's like a incredible incredible athlete. I think he's kind of a one note type of rusher. Devontae Price is interesting for Florida International, but I think he's more of a late day two, early day three guy. I mean, besides that, who else do we got? I mean, maybe maybe Tyler Beatty. Maybe I, I love Tyler. He, I, I I just I just don't know if he goes top sixty four though. Like I, I think more third round just because of the fact that he doesn't have that size to be an every down back. He's more right. of kind of that situational player, but he's a dynamic football player. But I'm gonna go under there. I'm gonna say it's four. If the, if the number's four and a half. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna bring up some people like Zonovan Knight in that range. I don't yeah. think he's top fifty four. Yeah, on mm. Ely just doesn't do enough at this point. Yeah. And he's small. He's he's ninety. He was listening. I'm sure he's gained weight since then. But in the spring, when the scouts went through, he was verified at 172. Oh, <laughs> that's not. You can get away with that with Devonta Smith because he's like, you know, he's he's a unique player. But running back, no shot. You can play running back at that weight. There's no Dude, way. He, he thinks he's he thinks he's Alex's favorite uh, f- uh, pass running back, Dexter McCluster. Like that's who he man, thinks he is what right a now. guy, Dexter. All this guy too, all this yeah. guy too. Dexter McCluster, good football player. Tree Archer, Tree Archer from Kent State. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Buck <laughs> So, guys, getting to our next question uh, from Denezikin S. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that correctly. Who wants to know who the first wide receiver off the board will be? And where do they land? So this is a little bit of projection here. I feel as though just from talking to you guys and when we've talked about this stuff on the show and when we did the mock draft, it's probably not going to be until like 15 to 20 range until we receiver, see a receiver taken off the board. And if that does happen, who do you think makes the most sense? Alex, you want to take this one first? Go yeah. for it, Alex. Um, look, there's, there's a few names at the Wait, top. Sorry, I agree with that statement that Colin put in that Pierre Strong should be in the first round. <laughs> I, I, pop, I popped that up while you were reading the next question. Oh, you didn't even see it. No. Um, you know, obviously you got the couple guys in, at, at Ohio State that are going to be at the top of a lot of people's lists. 
Uh, Drake London before the injuries in that conversation. I know, Ryan, that's someone you've come around to and are, are well in on. Uh, Traylon Burks, someone I've been on. Jahan Dotson's done done well for himself. Jameson Williams has been a, a wide receiver with the speed that he has, unique speed he has, could, could garner high draft capital. But I'm going to go – I'm still going to stick with my summer wide receiver one here in Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks. Uh, I think for him, you have the size, you have the speed, you have the yards after catch ability, you know, with the way they, they deploy him as a screen receiver and such. Um, but I think what I've been most impressed with this year in, in watching live, I haven't dove into the film per se, is his ability, his, the way he can contort his body at the catch point. I think he's, he's a lot stronger at the catch point. Um, in adjusting his body, we saw, we saw a fun play with Chris Olave, uh, this week kind of uh, tracking the football down the football field over the shoulder. But I've been really, really impressed with Traylon Burks' ability at the catch point. He's really flexible on the sideline um, in, in some of the live watch I've, I've, I've seen him. Talk about projecting him where. Joe, I think you hit it right. I think it's in that 16-20 range. So then it's about what teams are going to be in that range. My Browns, own Ravens. indication, I'm going to go New Orleans drafts the first receiver oh. this year in Traylon Burks. That's my projection. You, you think that they're not going to be picking outside of 20? You think that they're going to be? No, I, 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 you're talking about like like closer to 30? Well, like just like 20, 22, somewhere in that range. Because I'm no. assuming that they're going to make the playoffs as a wild card, right? Because that, that seventh wild card spot in the yeah, NFC wild. is terrible. Right now, yeah, it's a, so it's, a it's gonna be somebody who stumbles, like a like a Steelers. I feel like would make. Or actually, I don't know if they need a receiver though. Who do you, okay, what about you, Ryan? Right, Ryan. What are your thoughts? Well, Joe, do you remember mm-hmm. uh, before last week's episode? I know we kind of like scrambled near the end there, but do you remember mm-hmm. I, I told you that I wanted to pro- proclaim my my uh, draft crushed them to someone? Do you remember this? Yes, it was. I can I say or no? You go ahead and say. You you say. Right. It's your man. So I put it in this chat, man. I wanted to take a couple minutes just to talk about Garrett Wilson again because he was my preseason summer wide receiver one, and he still is, man. Because every week I watch this kid because Ohio State's always on TV. Every week I watch him, it just reaffirms how good he is because he is a multi level threat. And he wins in every single way on the football field. Every other wide receiver in this class, in my opinion, there is a hole in a way that they do not win. Okay. And there is Traylon Burks, who is incredibly athletic. He can he can absolutely burn down the field. There's no question. He can win in the air. Can't win as a route runner right now. And I don't know how much better that gets because he is 225, 230 pounds, and he's a little tight. I don't know how much that gets better. Does that matter? I mean, DK Metcalf has turned out I, great. That's what right. I was going to bring up. That's what oh, I was no. And I, was, I wasn't saying that that, that super matters because he can win in two different ways. Right. right. He can win in two different ways. So it might not matter. But my point is, is that there is a way that he does not win. Drake London, not a burner down the field. He's not going to separate down the field. Okay. He's going to have to be a catch point guy purely. So there's a way that he doesn't win. Chris Olave, no physicality to him. Like he's not a guy that's going to win and contest the catch situations. He's going to track the ball well. He's going to run routes. That's awesome. There is only one wide receiver in this class, in my opinion, Garrett Wilson, that has shown the ability to win in every single area. After catch, in the air, incredible in the air for a guy his size, just around 5'11 and 5'11 and 6'8, I think, is his verified in the spring. A guy that can win as a route runner. I keep I keep throwing the comp out there, and I don't care how lofty it is. He reminds me of Antonio Brown. He just does. And I hmm. stylistically, body type, 
It reminds me so much of him. So I think Garrett Wilson's the first guy off the board, and I think that the floor of the top the top wide receiver drafted right now, I believe the Cleveland Browns would have the 16th overall selection. That's the floor. Yeah. That's the floor. They need a wide receiver, dude. They just need one. So whether whether they decide they like Traylon or they like uh, Garrett Wilson, I think that's the w- last possible outcome. But I do think that there's going to be one guy that goes before that. Don't be shocked if a wide receiver goes top 10. I think it's possible. New York Jets, I think, have two top 10 picks right now. Could Don't be one. shocked if one of them is a wide receiver. Wow. Right? Especially with, you know, Mims has not developed the way they wanted Corey Davis is fine, but like he's not anything as special. They have Elijah Moore as a young guy, but they need more production. Production, excuse me, out of that room. I think Garrett Wilson's the first one. I think at worst he goes number sixteen, but I think he goes a lot higher. I think I think the you did a great job talking about and breaking down the way Garrett Wilson wins in a multitude of ways versus the other guys. The one thing I rebuttal, and I and I do believe it's Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson. I think those are one A, one B, and because they're so stylistically different. Uh, it's really going to be a, a what what do you want out of that that selection? So, but the one thing I'll add there is that I think Garrett Wilson's missing that Traylon Burks definitely has is his ability after the catch. You see guys like AJ Brown, who I think is a top five receiver in the NFL at this point. His ability after the catch is a ball carrier. I think for Tra- it, it, Traylon Burks molds that kind of guy better than Garrett Wilson, in my opinion. And I, I, I'm starting to put a little bit more value in a receiver that can do more after the catch. I, I think that they win in different ways after the catch, but I think Garrett Wilson's really good after the catch too. So I, a slight disagreement there, but okay. I, I, I understand your pre- like I understand your your um, preference there because you've right. seen the guys that are real yak guys right now are guys like Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, those guys that are more win alpha physicality, not as much as like making guys right. miss in the open field. So I understand, I understand why your preference is there. I, j- I just think that Garrett Wilson wins after the catch, just in a little bit of a different way. All right, guys, we got two more questions here: an offensive lineman and a secondary one. Uh, Tyler Linda- Linderbaum has pretty much been the the lock to be maybe the first interior lineman off the board, but definitely to be the the first center off the board. Uh, the center out of Iowa. We know that he's a, a fantastic athlete, which is hard to find at the center position because of all the different sports that he played in high school before he came to Iowa. There's that video of him uh, beating Tristan Wirfs in wrestling, which is pretty crazy to see. But this question is asking, uh, who is the best center outside of Tyler Linderbaum? This is from Sly. Ryan, who would you have to say? And we were kind of talking about this a little bit before before we hopped on. Who would you have to say would be that guy? I have a take, Joe. I have a take. Uh-oh. I don't think it's a slam dunk that Tyler Linderbaum's the first center off the board. Really? I don't. I, and last year I said this, and people made fun of me. And I'm going to pat myself Everyone in the back real quick. I know they do. but it. They, so I said last year I thought Creed Humphrey wasn't going to be the first center off the board. And everyone's like, oh, have you watched Creed Humphrey? He's so good. He's so good. He ends up being the third center off the board. Now, Linderbaum is going to go top 35. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. The problem there, though, is the projection to the next level is if you're a team that runs a heavy wide zone approach, (laughs) I mean, it's slam dunk, man. Like Mm -hmm. it makes so much sense. He's a pro bowler multiple times in that system. There has been increased physicality, which is promising this year, but there is still some limitations. He has shorter arms. He has a smaller frame. For some teams that are running a bunch of gap power and that's their style, I don't think they're going to value him a ton. 
So I think there's still some limitations to him. He's a little more scheme dependent. Now, when he's in that scheme, though, he's excellent. There's no doubt about it. But there's two guys, in my opinion, that are a little more scheme diverse that could jump him or at least be in the conversation. That's Jared Patterson from Notre Dame, who Notre Dame has been a dumpster fire of an offensive line this year. Like they've just not been good. And that is hidden the fact that Jared Patterson's been good again. He's been very good. He's especially the last few games, he's been dominant at center. Six, four and a half, 300 pounds. Best pass blocking center I think I've, I've seen come out ever, maybe, for my time evaluating. Like he reminds me so much of Alex Mack. I just see it constantly. So he's a guy in the conversation. And I think Ricky Stromberg from Arkansas is in the conversation. I really do because he's physical, he's a good athlete, good flexibility, and he is a finisher. And I, I really like Ricky Stromberg. Now, I have, I know that the NFL values Jared Patterson. One, because he's a three-year starter at Notre Dame, the success they've had. And like I said, he's got some scheme versatility to him. I don't know how the NFL values Ricky Stromberg. I, I don't know. But my eyes tell me that he's a very good football player. So I'm going to bang the table for him. I don't know which one goes um, as far as like who's the other guy besides Linderbaum. But I think it's going to be either Patterson or Stromberg. So I'm going to defer here. I'm not going to pick one, but I'm going to say it's one of those two guys. Yeah, I think I think the early favorite as far as the center position is going to be Patterson just because we have a little bit more of an idea of of what people outside of of us in this small circle right here but with, between the three of us what you know other people believe in Patterson. We haven't heard as much about Stromberg, but I agree with you. I think Stromberg should be uh I mean you talk about Arkansas success this year and obviously Sam Pittman coming from an offensive line position at Georgia, becoming the head coach and turning that program around. Ricky Stromberg is at the center literally and figuratively of why that, that rushing attack uh, for Arkansas has been so successful this year. So um, I think it's Patterson when it's all said and done, I think him and Linderbaum are both going to be top 50, top 50 picks uh, where Stromberg, I, I, it's harder to project right now just because we haven't heard as much noise regarding his name uh, around those that are close knit with a uh, NFL circle. So uh, right now I'm going to, I'm going to project out Patterson. All right, so speaking of second best, like the last question was asking about, last one that we have here from Christian Daniels, who is the second best safety? So that's assuming, and I, I don't think there's going to be any disagreement on this one, that Kyle Hamilton is the, the first guy taken at the safety position, probably going to be a top five, at least top ten pick. But I do think that there is certainly a lot of discourse when you start talking about that second guy, and it depends on what you value. So is it a Verone McKinley? Is it somebody else? Where, where, where do you guys sit on this? You can go out. Let me hear it. Yeah, I'm in, I'm interested to see if you're going to be a Georgia homer here. Go ahead. No, oh, I, actually, the Georgia defense as a whole has been obviously very impressive, but individually, Lewisine has not stood out the way I thought he was going to going into the season, especially as the the sole returning starter uh, from Georgia's 2022 secondary uh, coming into this year. Jalen Catalan, another guy I was excited about. Disappointing despite the team playing better. Brandon Joseph doesn't look like the same ball hawk that he was a year ago. I think it's down to two guys for safety two for me. And I'm I'm, I'm interested to see when it comes to the final evaluations who it's going to end up being. Both out of the Big Ten, one being Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State, the other being Daxton Hill out of Michigan. I think for me, these are the, the two guys that I feel like do everything so well on the back end, I don't see – I can't pick out too many holes in their game. Uh, from a coverage standpoint, from a run defending standpoint, these are guys that tackle well, uh, can move very, very well in my opinion. 
for me, I see in live viewing and, and what I was able to see go, dating back to 2020, these are two guys that I saw little holes in their game. And at the safety position, I think that is one position group where obviously having the high end traits matter in every position, but I think safety more than more than most positions. I just want to see a good, you know, line of play across the board uh, that I can feel because at the end of the day, you're a safety net at the back end of the defense. Like I want you to do everything well. I don't want you to miss tackles. I don't want you to um you know, give up the big play because you're you you lack a step. I want you to be well rounded, and I think those two lack very many holes in their game. It would it would have been Brandon Joseph for me before the season. He was right. my safety too. Mm-hmm. Um, I just haven't seen enough to know if it's really been as bad as people have kind of said. And and I and he's only a Richard sophomore, so I don't know if he's going to declare. To be honest with you, so for me, and you named a couple guys, Alex. And I'm going to take one of them. Jaquan Brisker is my guy now. He's my guy. Um, I think Daxton. Wow. Daxon has the higher upside. He's a fantastic athlete. I think there's some man reps in the slot that are fantastic yeah. and quick twitch and quick and close is fantastic for a safety. Like it is extraordinary. I think that he's going to be a projectable as a nickel or a safety, to be honest. But I am so impressed with Jaquan Brisker, man. I was not a fan of Jaquan Brisker last year. Like I like I, I mean, I thought he was a you know, day three guy, like early to mid day three, like four to five rounds, like, dude, like I, I liked it. Cause I, there are athletic traits and he's six, one and three eighths, right around six, one and a half. He's physical. Like there's a lot of good things to like this year. Film's been incredible. man. Like he is because last year and this year also, I would have been like, all right, I can see it as a box safety. I can see the physicality. He runs the alley like back bat out of hell. He's nice in the box. <laughs> like there's a lot of nice things there from a physical perspective. But like, what's the upside as a pass pass coverage guy? This year, there's a lot of upside. He's playing that too high. Like, I don't think he's a true center fielder type, but like hash the sideline. He's doing a lot of good things, robbing short zones. He seems to just always be in the right spot all the time. This is not a and I, I made an Adrian Amos comparison to him, and I've kind of moved, removed that one now for a second. And this is a big comp. It is and because I think that he has a chance to go late first round. I really do. And I'm not saying that he's going to be this player, but stylistically, he reminds me a little bit of Eric Berry that used to play with the Kansas City Chiefs, who is same build, physical, but better coverage guy than you would anticipate. Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to say Jaquan Brisker is going to be a multi-time pro bowler and one of the best safeties in the NFL within the first couple years, but I think play style-wise there are some comparisons to it Eric Berry. So, I'm in on Jaquan Brisker, potential first-round pick, I'm buying into it. Top 50 absolutely. I think he can sneak into the first round. I like it. All right, well, that's the last of the questions that we have. So, folks, thank you for sending them in. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date wherever you're tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.